You're listening to Creative Rituals with me, artist and illustrator Georgie Stewart. This is a new podcast about the daily habits of artistic life. Each week I'll be asking writers, artists, musicians and all kinds of creatives about how exactly they get down to it and make great work. How do artists plan their day to generate and protect their creativity? My guest this week is the artist and painter Ellie Jackson. Ellie's paintings are very much bound up with the notion of movement, with the ritual of dance and somatic movement being a large part of her creative process. At the heart of her practice lies a deep connection to nature and the land, manifesting itself in the recent move from studio to working outside on Hampstead Heath. talk a little bit about your practice and the kind of art you create and what job title do you use to introduce yourself? Ooh, job title. Well, interestingly enough, I actually struggle with the whole job title thing because I'm, I find the word artist difficult to, like, I don't know, to, to call myself an artist. I think, I think there's a lot of, like... Um, not negative connotations with it, but I don't know. It sound, sometimes can sound a little bit pretentious or maybe that's just me being like oversensitive about that. But, um, and then I went through this whole thing of like, oh, I'm a painter. And then people are like, oh, you mean like painter decorator? I'm like, no, like <laughs> <laughs> I've always found that really difficult actually. But yeah, um, I guess art, artist, painter, slash painter. Um, although I I predominantly work as a, 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 as a painter, but it not limited to so I work a little bit in sculpture as well um and yeah I work very closely with nature um I'm particularly interested in kind of like the inner landscape of the landscape and nature and the intricacies of of nature um but like my subconscious I suppose my subconscious response to it rather than like working directly with the land uh, or with the landscape, sorry. Um, so yeah, I work a lot with the senses um, and my practice went from working in a studio to very recently now working um, outdoors, um, which has been interesting, especially in the UK. <laughs> um, but that's really helped me to kind of connect closer to my subject and to really have that like, immediate translation visual translation to like my my emotional and physical response to um to the land um so yeah that's yeah I love that I've also recently got into plein air painting and it's just a completely different experience outside isn't it completely completely yeah uh it's uh yeah, it's it's actually really transformed my practice uh, very quickly, actually, as well. I mean, my, my practice is ever changing because I think as my environment changes, my practice changes. Um, and I think particularly with being away as well, I found that when I came back, although I wasn't painting 
necessarily I, I mean I had was doing lots of sketches and and capturing gestures whilst I was there in in the landscape that I was in in, in Spain um, in particular but when I came home I created all these paintings and they were so different to what I was making before I went because I was so I, I guess inspired by that landscape which is so different to the natural environment that I'm in in the UK so um, that's always very interesting as well. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny, going back to what you were saying about the job title thing, I mm. completely agree with you. Like, I still struggle with it now. I don't know about you, but you know when you're filling in for, for occupation on your form? Yeah. Or I'm not so bad with it now, but when I used to like meet new people, mm. like, you do. I'm saying illustrator. I feel like embarrassed is the wrong word, it was almost like I was going to get caught out like and I hate yeah. I hate the term imposter syndrome because I think that's such like a humble brag it's yeah. not that well that someone's going to go you're not a real artist you're a pretend artist for sure for sure and I think a lot of that comes comes down to I guess your success particularly financially as an artist you know people have so many different ideas of you know oh you you can't possibly Call yourself an artist until you are a certain you know status um things like that again I don't know if that's me just being oversensitive about it or whether people actually do but I mean I guess it comes from somewhere because I know I'm not alone in that so yeah well I think it's sort of your own insecurities that you sort of project onto other people mm. like um my boyfriend told me a really great quote the other day that's like you spend your 20s worrying about what people think about you. You spend your 30s uh, not really caring what people think about you. And then yeah. in your 40s, you realise no one thought of you at all. So, like, Absolutely. Absolutely. No one actually, I think, is bothered about it. But I think yeah. it is that, that thing. And I was trying to think, why am I a bit more okay with it now? Is it when you've been doing it a certain amount of time? Mm. Or... I think the whole training thing as well, when you're like trained in something, although, because I did an MA in illustration, but I'm not going to lie, it wasn't as successful as it could have been because it was COVID and we had to go home and blah, blah, blah. But just having that, you know, MA, you suddenly feel a bit like more validated to say I'm an illustrator, which is kind of bullshit. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I I, I also feel, depending on who I, who I'm who I'm surrounded by and you know my environment I think I think London I find it particularly difficult to introduce myself as an artist um because it you know it's such a corporate place and often the response is you know oh that's cool or and I think mm -hmm. the first thing they like I go back to the financial thing the first thing people think is like oh, well, you know, A, like, is that a real job? And B, like, are you actually earning anything from that? And like, you know, how, like, because, but then I suppose in other environments um, around different types of people that maybe have more creative jobs, um, you, you know, saying, oh, I'm an artist, people, you know, the reaction is so different. Um, so I guess a lot of it is like understanding the creative world you know versus the kind of more corporate world and the, the differences it's so true um the reaction thing when I was living in London because all of my friends were on a lot higher salary than me um, yeah. fine because they work in that kind of field mm. but 
it's only certain projects, certain illustration projects that I'd be working on with like a big name that they'd mm-hmm. suddenly be like, oh, well, that's quite good. Whereas yeah, yeah. other people working in the creative field are interested in, I don't know, slightly more niche things that you're yeah. doing. Totally, yeah. totally, yeah, yeah. So how would you describe your workspace? Uh, my workspace, well, so as I, as I mentioned, I've just moved from um, working in a studio. I was working in a studio in Forest Park, which is sort of near Walthamstow, London. Um, and now I am studio-less, <laughs> Um, but I made a decision to leave the studio, A, because I'd moved to a different area of London and it was just too far now. And I found the commute quite difficult in terms of, it would take me sort of an hour to get there. And I'm the sort of person where like, I need to start working immediately. Having that kind of commute, I found really difficult. Um, because I found sort of by the time I got to the studio, I was, you know, my headspace maybe had changed and... I like to sort of work first thing in the morning, get on with it. Um, so yeah, now I'm I'm working. I I, I live near Hampstead Heath, so I'm I'm oh, very lucky thing. I know I'm very fortunate that I have um, that space now, and I'm I've been. Have working. you recently moved then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved from I moved from Dalston um, in February, um, and yeah, I I kind of was like mm, I'm gonna have this in-between period where I mean I knew I was going away a bit in summer as well and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of get rid of the studio and have some time just without a studio and, and kind of really working outdoors um as much as I can <clears throat> so I've been I've been using the Heath quite a bit which has been really quite wonderful because I never th- really thought that in London I'd kind of get the opportunity to work in an outdoor particularly a natural space um and then I do have a little garden here so I've sort of been working there but I, I've, I've been really trying to commit to, to working outdoors um weather permitted I suppose um and then yeah so that's my workspace at the moment really um sort of a bit nomadic actually <laughs> amazing I can really see um sort of the synergy between the heath and your mm. practice I kind of always thought of the heath as the only completely wild space in London and Actually, I said yeah, that yeah. if that is the only place if we were to ever move back to London I would want to live there the price tags are a bit out of our range at the moment <laughs> but maybe in the future um, yeah 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 I mean I, I, I we've been very lucky we found somewhere that was not not too dissimilar to what we were paying in Dalston so we just sort of hit hit pot really I said um, you've been swimming in the ponds loads yes well I started at the Lido because <clears throat> we're basically Parliament Hillside so right next to the Lido so I started there in February um and then I've been doing the ponds a bit recently I, it's just gorgeous that's one of my favorite places on earth so lovely, yeah. I try and describe it to Ted because obviously you can't go in but I don't think it's you can't actually describe the energy and the magic there unless you yeah, totally so talk me through the timeline of a typical day in the studio or outside mm. on the heath now mm. I guess for you like do you work to a schedule or is every day different no I definitely don't work to a schedule I 
would find that very difficult. I think also one of the one of the things that appealed to me about like just working for myself um, creatively was like not having to to like work to a schedule and being being free to work when is you know is is right for you I suppose but it just so happens that I I don't really ever have a day where I don't want to make work I suppose but if I do then I'm I always still consider myself working because particularly with working with nature you know even I guess going going for a walk in the forest like that for me I'm still working there because that is so integral to to, to my practice to be like constantly immersing myself um in that in that natural environment and and really closely observing um nature uh in that way um but yeah no I don't really I don't really work to a schedule I I feel that I'm more productive in the mornings like for instance when I when I had the studio space I would um drive there in the mornings and I would usually leave around four o'clock sometimes a bit earlier because I some I, in the morning no 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 god no I I would I would arrive and I and I would work solidly um with no breaks so it meant by like three four o'clock I I was kind of quite trained <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and often I would like forget to have lunch and things like that so I would then be like oh my god I need to go home now and like feed myself and like um, because I would get so like ca- caught up in the moment of, of painting creating so um, yeah my day would usually finish I guess like somewhat earlier than uh, m- most people's work days I suppose but but that doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes I get like a bit of a creative like wave um, in in the afternoon slash evening. But usually, usually, sort of the the earlier part of the day is when I'm like most productive. Yeah, I'm all about the morning. I've actually done a complete one eighty when I used to live in London. Mm-hmm. I would work, kind of get start working mid morning, but nothing that important I would do all my creative work like at night time when everyone was asleep yeah. so I would you know do these crazy sessions till like one two three o'clock yeah. in the morning and now and I would say yeah I'm a night owl and night owl but now I think I don't think there's such I think it's just what you train yourself to do like now we get up so early we get up but well, we get up at six go swimming mm. come back I'm literally buzzing from being yeah. sea and I do all, basically all my work in the yeah. morning and I just can't work in the afternoon now like I try I do, try and do like admin based mm, tasks yeah, exactly. things that are not that creatively challenging yeah. but I just have a complete energy dump in the afternoon and now the thought of staying up till two o'clock <laughs> in the morning to work how did I do that yeah same with me I think that this this is idea of like as an artist working in the you know into into the night and that like like, it's that poetic idea isn't it but like the reality is I no I'm I morning morning person for sure um and I'm the same that that afternoon slump hits and then I that's when I I will would do admin work but um yeah yeah I think there's I guess there's something quite kind of magical about the flip side of either 
the dead of night when mm. everyone's asleep or really early when not many people have woken up yet. They call it like is, the witching hour, sure. don't they? That feeling of I'm I'm awake when other people are asleep, so I can get this done now. Yeah, totally. We've talked a bit in the past about how we've both worked as like in part-time jobs while we've been working as artists. Mm-hmm. So could you talk a little bit about some of the part-time jobs you've had and what do you think are the benefits and the drawbacks of having a part-time job while you're an artist? Yeah, completely. Um, well, my, I've, I've had a bit of an unusual one because I was, my first ever job was within the modelling industry when I was 16 and I'd been kind of doing that ever since, um, up until recently. Um, so, and that, that again was always as a, as a freelance job. Um, so I was sort of, sort of lucky in the sense that that kind of always fitted quite nicely alongside my art practice. Um, and it didn't, it didn't really interrupt that too much. So I, 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 you know, when I, when I wasn't working, doing modeling jobs, then I would be like, Doing my doing my art and then vice versa. Um, but I think there is something nice about the idea of kind of working within the same industry. I suppose I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, I mean, modelling is somewhat creative, but it you know not not always that way. And that was for me m- mostly just a, a a way of you know gaining some some finance and um I have done a little bit working um within galleries alongside mostly for experience though um but I always liked the idea of like having a a, a proper gallery job alongside being an artist mm, I found though because that was actually my career goal mm. when I was at, I did history about yeah, when I was but then the reality of working in a gallery is quite... It is, for sure. And also, I think <laughs> there's something about, like, I don't know, going going back to being able to to make, make your own decision on when you work, where you work, and not having that, like, those limitations. Um, I mean, easier said than done, because we need, we need money coming in, but yeah I don't know I think I'm very conscious now having kind of done many jobs over the years um of like being in a place now where I I I really want to be able to um just I don't know have not have the limitations and 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 uh have the opportunity always to be able to to be working creatively um I mean, yeah, the, t- the times will come when, you know, you have to kind of go out there and get some money in from, you know, other means. But predominantly, um, I'm just trying to keep my practice full time now. Um, because I think when when I was sort of kind of making art part time, I don't know, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't as deeply into it as I am now and I and I really do see that and the reflection in my work and then obviously like the the better the work that you're producing is the more likely you are to then you know 
buy the show or sell the work and et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's really, really difficult. I think it is, it is really difficult because um, if you're half-hearted in the practice, then, you know, you, you may not necessarily transition as well as you would if you were able to just, you know, be purely full-time, uh, left alone to make the work. I mean, the, the ideal is really, isn't yeah. it? But it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. I feel I'm in exactly the same position because since I've moved to Devon, I, I'm working full-time uh, in yeah. illustration yeah. art. I call myself illustrator artist, kind of yeah. things, but it's like two things. But I would find it incredibly difficult now to go back to part-time work at thinking of myself in a job where I would just be thinking, oh, yeah. I could be myself right now. I could be working myself. And like you say, I'm, I'm at a time where I want to fully yeah. commit. But I completely am such a big fan of like working part-time when you're an artist. Like for me, when I was living in London and I worked as a nanny a few days a week and I actually found it gave me that structure, knowing that I had to pick the kids up at three. You know, when you wake up and sometimes the day just stretches before you and I wouldn't get around to it, whereas I'd be like, hey, I need to get my art done now before I pick them up. So that was great. And also just getting mental clarity of putting my art aside for a time and going and doing something else and talking to the kids who gave me loads of inspiration. So it was great, but I don't think it's for me now, but it served its purpose. And I also think sometimes people look down on part-time work with they're like oh we're not proper artists. totally but I think so many artists need to do need to have, need to have part-time work throughout their life as a yeah reality. completely completely um and there's no shame in that you know and I think you're right like for some people I think having more of a schedule within the, their part-time work can be very helpful because I think as an artist you, you 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 I mean you have to create your own hours you have to create your own schedule because you and some people really thrive off that I'm I I'm better working a bit more spontaneously and not not feeling like sort of confined to certain hours or days but then again my experience has been you know I particularly with modeling um because it works quite differently to sort of n- normal jobs quote unquote um I would maybe get a relatively good job modeling and then I would kind of live off that money for a bit. And then um, because that was never like super regular work. Um, so that's kind of been my experience. And maybe that's why I've always preferred to kind of, I don't know, have have um, less like scheduled time. And, and likewise, I like I was just in France working non-art related um that was for an animation company and I was just helping out hosting at a house and um that was for like eight days and it was I think I prefer it that way sort of doing like sort of maybe like longer stints getting some money in and then knowing okay I'm now good maybe for the next month and I can really just solidly focus on my art making and not have to worry about like kind of finding jobs to like fill in but equally yeah I mean you know whatever way works for you I suppose um but yeah otherwise I always liked the idea of like working within the art world um alongside but like we say reality is not always as fun as you you might you might think but I don't know yeah for sure 
Are there any little rituals that you do to get yourself in the creative zone? Maybe like a specific kind of music you put on, maybe it's something you wear, a smell, anything, any little things like that to get you to make that make you think, right, I'm in artist mode, I'm in creating mode. Now. Yeah, lovely. I mean, my my work is so sensory. So yes <laughs> to that question. So many things. I mean, it's it's changed quite a lot because I think. When I kind of first moved into my studio, I, I, I ended up establishing this practice which worked predominantly with sound. Um, and I had this thing where I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make unless I had my headphones on and I was listening to particular music, mostly like ambient sounds. Um, and yeah, I, I felt that I, I wasn't able to like, kind of get into that flow state, I suppose, unless I I I had kind of the world um, sort of blocked and just this music. Um, and then I would sort of go into to these zones and a lot, a lot of the work I made during that period was inspired by the music um, I was listening to and I would often like title it uh, like, the title of the song you know would be the title of the piece that I made in that moment um but that was kind of that particular body of work and then I felt and then I found that after some time I didn't necessarily need the music to get me into that flow state and I was able to sort of just create anyway and then obviously now my practice has transitioned to predominantly working outside and and with that you get the sounds of nature um which I find I can as easily like meditate on as I can as I was able to with with that certain uh music so I guess rituals now um I mean movement is 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 like a huge part of my practice um my background is is like in sort of somatic movement I was studying that for a while um, before I then settled back into a visual art practice, actually, and that was quite quite important for me to ex- to take like a year off and explore that. Um, so I think that's definitely something. I mean, in the mornings, I I kind of I have to kind of move my mo- my body, get into my body, um, which therefore then helps me remain in my body like whilst I'm making the work because I do find that if I'm too in my head then I I can't really make the work or any work that I make is is just not right just like I just know immediately um and then I have to kind of like go and take myself for a walk or um yeah immerse myself more in nature um or within my environment so I suppose those are all like little rituals or things that are, are like important to me. Um, and so, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I am particular with where I work, although like I'm slightly more nomadic now and it's, it feels that I'm not like, you know, not having a studio space and things and I can like kind of easily work anywhere, but I, I'm not like, it is important, you know, where I am, my environment. Um, and Kind of not having the like distractions of the world around me as well. Um, yeah, I think 
it's quite solitary practice for me and like I I do I do have to sort of be like quite blocked off and isolated and and um in order to like feel that heightened experience of of like you know the senses I suppose yeah cool do you so you mentioned there that your practice is quite solitary do you find that you ever seek collaboration or community with others or are you quite happy in your little bubble um I don't know really I think I'm happy in my bubble I think that I'm I I feel like an ant in some ways I'm like (laughs) like you know I have my little nest and then I'm like going off into the world and I'm, and I'm, I'm constantly like gathering um not not only from nature but you know from from people just generally from my environment and then sort of bringing that back so in that sense there's that collaboration but not not literally in terms of like the the making and the process I've never actually no that's a lie I have I have collaborated in the past with um a photographer uh, we did a little project together um, and that was actually my first experience like working with someone else and I felt very conscious at the beginning that I, I might not really be able to produce having um, him there sort of photographing me and filming my process um, but I found that I it, it you know it was actually worked fine and that was a really wonderful experience and I and I loved I loved the outcome of that and the and the process generally. Um so yes and no, I suppose is the answer to that. Yeah. I hate people watching me draw uh, so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's so off-putting. But I think you have to just block it out, don't you? I um I went on this program Ooh. last week and there was obviously camera crew and I was so scared before because I, I kind of again going back to the you're a fraud thing it's as if people would actually see me drawing yeah. and see that I'm really bad at drawing um which didn't happen in the end I was happy with what I drew yeah. but it's just that constant uh doubt in yourself it's I think. true it's so true but I, I do find that and I don't think I'm alone in this like I, I think as an artist you are you create the best work when you aren't in your head about it and you're creating from that like intuitive instinctual place um but I think having those distractions or like being conscious of having people around you um can kind of prevent you from 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 like digging out that intuition and that and that instinct and um yeah I think the key the key well for me really and and it's become a lot easier over the years I I, like I said I used to be like really like kind of neurotic about it like no I can't work unless I everything's blocked out and I have the sound and I'm like done all my movement before and I'm like really like got myself in this flow this flow state but I find that obviously like the the more I was I that was important at the time to kind of establish that for me but now it's so I find it a lot easier to to like get myself in that headspace and like immerse myself in it um so yeah I guess I guess a lot of it comes from like experience and practice really. Do you place importance on productivity and where would you prioritize productivity in relation to creativity? Hmm 
Interesting one. Yes, I think that I, going back to when I was doing that body of work uh, in, in my studio with, with the sound and I was, at the time I started off just making a series of drawings and they were, I established sort of quite a, like a rapid practice where because I wasn't, I didn't want to think about what I was making and I wanted to come from a pure place of like instinct and, and just just like allowing my hand to move on, on the, on the page. And, and um, I was making these like very, very rapid drawings and I would, I would honestly make like a hundred in a day. And I was like really thriving off that actually, because it's the first time that I had like had that, had that kind of product productivity and like within my practice. Um, but then but then now I feel that I don't know I I don't I don't know if I really think about it that much um because I, I do generally work very quickly um because I'm so in the moment with each piece that there's no you know I don't really stop and think about things I'm just I'm just I'm just making I'm in the moment so I do sometimes find that I can make like you know five pieces in a day um wow. But then equally, like other times, it isn't like that. Um, and I don't I don't think I've ever really like almost like punished myself for like not making a certain amount. Um, I guess it depends if you have like deadlines or anything or you're like working towards something particular. But um, I, I do find that like particularly in the periods where I'm like churning out quite a lot, I end up with so, so many pieces anyway. So it kind of like that that helps in that sense of like taking the pressure off with certain things but um yeah I think those quick fire ones are so important as well like I run a life drawing class on Tuesdays and we start with 30 second poses mm -hmm. and people hate them they always say I hate those 30 second poses why do we do them but it literally frees you important. up you have to, yeah yeah just like you say do they I used to be the same in the in life drawing. I remember thinking back to that, and I was always like, "No, I don't. I don't want to do this because I'm not. I don't have time to like perfect it in thirty seconds. Like that's ridiculous." And now it's totally the opposite for me because, like, you know, those long, those you know, more five minute drawings. I'm like, no, no, no. I want I need the short ones because that help. You know, that's the thing that helps me to like. So yeah, like get out, get out of my head, and I I do find my best work has been produced like more rapidly, really just. And I also I love the exercises of 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 like blind drawing as well. I've done a, a lot of those where because that really helps you to kind of like disassociate almost with and not not worrying about what you're actually making and what the outcome is, but really enjoying the process of it and really being so deeply in the process of it and I find that then what I produce anyway is so much better than when I've been really like oh you know like should this go here or you know I mean that's personally for, for my practice that works best because my work I mean is quite seemingly abstract so it's um mm -hmm. it yeah that works best for me but how do you prioritise your work as an artist in relation to your personal life? So your relationships, your health, things like that. Well, my making eyes, you know, it's like, 
a necessity for me almost like it's so intrinsically linked with like everything and I and I find that um however I'm feeling in that moment um is completely ref reflected within my work visually um and it goes hand in hand really it's like I when I really started to establish a, a proper practice I totally saw the difference in myself and the transformation in myself um and now yeah it's just it's you know that it is my almost like my solace I suppose so um yeah what's the original question <laughs> uh, I think I was asking it's kind of like I can see it related to the productivity question mm. I was asking how important is it in relation to like your personal yeah because I feel like for me, productivity wise, I used to place such importance on what I was getting done. Mm. Um, and since I've moved here, I've massively slowed down. And that can be scary at mm. first because it's like, oh, I need, to, I need to be creating, I need to be doing. And I, I still very much am now. But as you said, with the productivity thing, sometimes deadlines come up and then work needs to take a priority yeah. but now I actually value so much more I, it used to be like before I went on my trip and to be fair I had big projects like the tree exhibition mm. and the mural which were two massive projects to get done in the space of three months so I just had to do it but I wasn't exercising I was eating crap and I just was work work, mm. work work was at the top of my then probably my relationships and then my health whereas now my health is like my top priority looking after yeah, myself yeah, yeah. and living my life so like my friendships my relationship mm. and then work but at the same time I totally agree my work is part of who I yeah. am it's my identity so it's just I think it's like an ever-changing ball for me what yeah totally I mean I think that when I'm making work I am at my best anyway I suppose um in a sense um because it, it kind of feeds me in a way. So, uh, you know, even particularly like if I'm having a bit of a bad day, I often feel like that's the only time I really feel like, oh, I really don't want to, you know, paint today or make anything. But then I, I, I that, that's in that moment when I have to kind of like force myself to, um, because I know that as soon as I, I've done that, I like will feel so much better and it kind of relieves me of so many things because I suppose it's a release same with I, I mean I put my my painting in with with my my movement practice and how I establish that in my life and that that is again another like really important thing for me um and they're they're, they're releases for me and they're, they're the things that kind of like help restore me um so yeah, I think in that sense that it's 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 a top priority, but in the sense that um, I don't I don't view it as like a in the same sense that a lot of people view work, I suppose, where you know they need to just get it done, and and I've really managed to um, find a way of it it not ever really feeling like a chore, I suppose, and it's just like a natural thing that I, I have to do every day mm. and I want to do. And um, therefore everything else in my life is better. I suppose like, mm. why not? like, I think it's, you need to not think of it as a chore. I like to think of it as a relationship. Completely, yeah. yeah. 
and the way you talk about your practice is very it's lyrical I can tell you have like a very lovely relationship with your practice. yeah I mean I mean at times like <laughs> I always joke about this I mean it's but it's not a joke it's like I I live a very simple life now having like spent so many years trying to overcomplicate my life thinking I needed all these things and now all I like I'm just as, as long as I can paint and I can like be like close to nature or as much in nature as possible I'm very happy and like I find that nothing else really matters to me in a sense so um yeah in, in I guess but it, at times it, it does then mean I'm like you know I'm like 27 and I'm just like it's just me and my painting so I mean I suppose I do in a sense have to kind of like have a bit of distance sometimes but then I don't know like I find that if I'm sort of like then not around like other creative people who I can like socialize with I really do struggle a bit like I I don't really want to sit and talk about like banking or whatever with you know do you know what I mean so I, I guess I want to see any chance for anything to do with finance or anything. It's like my brain just switches off and I don't understand anything. It just goes yeah, completely. Completely, yeah. So I feel, yeah, it just, just, just creativity makes the world go around. <laughs> what are the positives and negatives for you as an artist of a platform like Instagram? And how do you think we should tread the line between the good and the bad? Ah, uh, so, yeah, I had, I've had a very sort of, diff, not difficult issue with Instagram, but just, um, I suppose, like, sorry, the postman. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, hold on one second. No, you go for it. Sorry about that, the postman. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been, I was always very reluctant to, to like, give in to Instagram, um, particularly at the beginning. And um, I kind of found it very difficult to, like, be creating, but then also, like, being conscious of, like, having a social media like, and needing to use it. Um, and I think it's a really wonderful tool. And this is what I've learned now is, like, giving into it for the for the sake of it's it's it it can be a wonderful tool it's like particularly for creatives it's like free promotion uh I mean to an extent and um I guess we're in control of that etc cetera, etc cetera. and it gives us an opportunity to like put ourselves out there in in that sense but um, I also do find that it can be very disruptive in my practice. And I've, I mean, still I'm having to try and like establish a way of like having, put, putting in some time and effort with that, but not letting that um, distract mm -hmm. my, my making. So like going back to like the schedule thing, you know, making, making the morning like early afternoon. And then part of my admin work as well is like, then putting some time in with with social media and things like that um but I mean I do also find it quite lovely like almost seeing it as like a portfolio in a sense like alongside my website but then a lot of people aren't necessarily seeing your website like the first thing people see really is 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 your Instagram um so I think you know that I, I try and see it that way and also like having 
um, being conscious of like who I'm following on Instagram and like making sure that it's all creatives really. And so therefore I'm not being like infiltrated with like, you know, stuff that, you know, isn't, isn't kind of relevant um, and too distracting um, and feeling that when I am on my phone or on Instagram, like it's, it's still work and, and I'm, Kind of research. Yeah, and exactly. And like, it's wonderful being able to like see different artists so quickly, so instantly. And, and, and that's a, another way of like gathering inspiration as well. And like the sharing of different of people's works. And there is a really lovely side to it. If you kind of just allow yourself to stay in, in that kind of lovely bubble of it keep a distance from yeah. it and I so agree that's how I try and see it as a visual diet totally. of like a log of my work I think as soon as you start placing any kind of validation on it it's game yeah, over completely um and I have to be really strict with myself now because going through my actual physical diary my, like my yeah. journal those are the days when I feel really bad it's when I spent a lot of time on my phone so I have to really just either airplane mode it put it away because we are so I, I am anyway I'm, I'm addicted mm. to it and it's something I'm better at these days but I go through bad vowel bad vowels yeah. of scrolling and it's just soul crushing like you feel actually feel yeah it is for sure and it can be very draining and I and I was I, I was actually like I went on a retreat recently and I, I mean I wouldn't have considered myself before like someone who was like on their phone that much but actually like you know I'm I, I still daily you know uh will be using my phone and um that that what's that thing the screen time thing would probably argue otherwise <laughs> I have been oh, on my gosh. phone quite I a lot because <laughs> it does accumulate but so I went on this retreat and and um that was only like four days but there was no phone signal and I mean you you kind of were encouraged to just like put your phone away anyway and it was actually quite terrifying that yeah. as soon as I finished that retreat I realized like oh my god not having my phone has been like it's just been a revelation and and, I, and it made yeah. me realize like how how much how addicted we are I suppose to 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 just even just having it on you all the time and like mm. Well, that's the thing, I guess, like on the retreat, mm. or I'm thinking of instances when I've not had my phone and yeah. your hand reaches for the pocket. So it's almost like a drug that you're I weaning mean. yourself off. And then a few days yeah. in, I mean, you're, you're fine. You're the best you've Completely. And, but even like little things like on the retreat, I mean, it was set within a forest and, 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 and usually like I would be obviously so inspired by this forest and like, going straight from my phone to want to wanting to capture you know the nature there and I suppose and of all the ways that you can be on your phone using your phone it's not the worst but there was something really wonderful about just being able to really sit there and be completely present with my environment not thinking about oh I need to maybe like capture that take a photo of this or whatever and just like really taking it in and I, I think, yeah, since then, I've, my, I've, I've just not really cared about my phone as much. And I've been happy to kind of leave it at home, really, and, 
and not not really have it on me and and also if I'm now on my phone for too long I get I get that headache thing which I never used to get and that's mm. I'm really grateful for that because it's almost like the signal of like no your body is telling but you a lot of people we, we're switched off from that and like we don't get those signals because they've sort of been lost because we're so used to like being on yeah I think we literally just missed that I know we're obviously still addicted but I think a few years younger than us oh, uh, like another yeah, yeah 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 how important is it for you to dedicate time in your day to creative acts that are not related to your work and what would they be for you um well I guess sort of touched upon that a little bit earlier uh with the movement side of things um uh I think it's got got to a point where like everything I do feels creative and I don't know if that was intentional but um yeah but, but particularly like particularly the movement um that's uh I, I almost see them hand in hand though I suppose like everything comes back yeah, to your practice yeah it's weird it has sort of been, it has sort of become like that like the lines have all been blurred a bit and it's like all, all the things that I kind of gathered in my life before establishing like a more of a full-time like visual practice um I have to, I have so many things that I've explored like I, I I was working doing a little bit in herbal medicine and like um exploring that and then like the somatic movement and the the, the yoga training and, and um bits qigong and things like that and and at the time I was like oh I thought this is kind of maybe going off on a tangent a bit at the time I kind of thought like oh it's because I want to then now be a yoga teacher I want to like work in mm. herbal medicine and actually it wasn't it was like they all then brought me back to this to my visual practice and they were almost like gifts in a way um like look like sort of like loading the sack with like things that are all now still part of my lives and very much creative and enjoyable and but then all feedback it's almost I suppose subconsciously into my work um so yeah I like I, I love I love making things outside of like the art making um uh to do with nature the the, the herbal stuff <laughs> and I think that's so interesting yeah. the, the whole herbal medicine thing I also met this woman in my creative writing group who's in her 80s and she was saying that we think of herbal medicine as quite a new thing to do with no, wellness not, but yeah. you know back in the day every every village had, had a herbalist that you would go completely to. So it's all just cyclical coming it back It really is. And, it, you know, for me, that's another way of feeling closer to the land, you know, and, like, nature. So um, without really thinking about it, but thinking about it now, it totally is. And and also movement as well, you know. It's like, if you think, think sort of uh, yoga, for instance, the positions when it, within yoga are all inspired by animals and nature. And, you know, it's we're constantly lo looking to nature for inspiration and um and like without realizing one like wanting to be closer to it and like trying to find ways to be closer to it so like for me everything comes back down to that which is why for me just like being in nature is like kind of all I need because it feeds me everything I need um in that sense does that answer the question <laughs> I just go off on <laughs> tangents maybe <we> love tangents <laughs> 
I think we'll just end with some quick fire questions. Okay. First thing you do when you wake up. Ooh. Probably definitely a bit of movement, a bit of like sound activation, tapping, all of that, all of that stuff. <laughs> I love, love, love yeah. tapping. Last thing before you go to sleep. Um, I well, I've really been trying to, to focus on reading recently and like not being like near my phones and having that important wind down time. So like I love having the the bedtime routine of like lighting candles, um, maybe a bit of bit of like nighttime movement and um, and then reading in bed. I like to get to bed quite early and like have at least like an hour like in bed like reading or whatever before I actually go to sleep yeah me too I'm actually it's crazy I'm I'm back into reading now I used to be such a bookworm when I was younger in mm. some holidays all day every day I might be joking all day but now I'm trying to find the optimum time to read because I find when I'm reading before I go to sleep now it's sort of waking my brain really up but in the morning I read, I'm thinking I should be working so I'm trying to like carve out an hour in the day that's yeah interesting no it, it actually makes me sleepy reading so that's why it's it's like good for me in the evening but yeah perfect and uh, last question why is living a creative life important to you um again touched upon I think really um it's it it's just it's a necessity I suppose um and yeah like I said feeds into everything else um if I'm able to be creative, then I think everything else in my life is kind of improved and also heightened and like being able to like view the world in um, a really like beautiful way, um, you know, be, immersing yourself in, in creativity kind of like, get, particularly for me, I suppose, like with my subject matter, but it's really transformed the way that I see the world and um, noticing just like all those small moments of, you know, um, that are often lost or not acknowledged. Um, I always use the example of like, like, I guess even like the shadows of the leaves on the pavement, things like that. Um, it's a real pleasure. There's a real pleasure in those intricacies for me. And I think, I've th those are like so apparent to me now since like really having a, a, a creative practice so yeah gorgeous well thank you so much for talking to me and I loved this conversation thank so you it's been so nice talking to you okay well have a good rest of your day and yeah I'm very jealous of you about to jump into the uh, I'm jealous of you where you live though now it looks so lovely there Oh my god, I, I love it so much. It's like it's not even that I was unhappy in London. I think I saw you towards yeah, the did, end when I was did. living in London. I'd kind of had enough. But it, it wasn't I was unhappy there. I just didn't know I could be this happy. Like oh, I was walk around. Oh but, my god. But it, yeah, but it's quite scary almost because you're like, what's the catch? Like when when's it gonna be taken away from me? Oh no, I need to come and visit. It just looks so gorgeous. I think I'm my I'm definitely transitioning out of London and being here in London where I am now this particular area is wonderful but I wouldn't I know I wouldn't live anywhere else in London now and once I've left here I will just leave London and probably the next yeah. place I'll be living is sort of in the mountains somewhere <laughs> yeah, but now I'm like kind of still holding on to like some like civilization and like <laughs> yeah. 
If you want to find out more about Ellie's work, you can find her on Instagram at Ellie Jackson Studio and you can find me at Georgie Stewart Illustration. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or anyone who might find it interesting. Thank you for listening to Creative Rituals.